Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. My name is Jessica Dermody. Just a heads up, this podcast contains discussion about suicide. Free call or text 1737 at any time to talk to a trained counsellor. Good afternoon everyone and kia ora koutou katoa. It's the 11th of May 2020. I want to start today by acknowledging the sacrifices New Zealanders have made over the six and a half weeks we have been in alert levels four and three in order to beat COVID-19. It's day 47 of being at home on a family farm in southern Southland and Jacinda Ardern has just announced the plan to move from level three to level two in a few days. I'm a student at the New Zealand Broadcasting School in Christchurch and we carried on learning via Zoom. My mum and sister were mucking around in the other room and to be fair, they've been annoying me all morning. So I was in the lounge doing some uni work, just sitting on the couch. This is Emma, my younger sister. She was in her first year of university. She should have been making new friends and out partying, but instead was spending her days at home with me and our parents. Mum got a phone call and walked out of the room. I really enjoyed being at home during lockdown. It was like school holidays again. Sleeping in, playing Monopoly, going for walks. I remember thinking that I'll never get so many home-cooked meals again. And... She came back in and she looked like she'd seen a ghost. Life was getting better at level three. We could get a decent coffee, go to the beach. Not even gone viral on TikTok for a moment there. I was just like, what's happened? And she said, "Uh, your uncle's committed suicide. She said, I don't think I can tell Jessica. And I said, well... I'll go in and do it for you, if you want. I walked in and you were in the Zoom call and I, you went nuts at me because I walked in, but I said, can you mute it for a second or leave? Just leave, it's really important. And I just said, our uncle's just committed suicide. And just like that, lockdown wasn't so fun anymore. You looked at like mum, just in shock and that it wasn't real. And that's when my life and my family's lives got turned upside down. We were busy in our own little world and I guess everyone else was too, so just had no idea what everyone else's worlds were like. My uncle, my dad's sister's husband, loved entertaining and cooking. The last time I'd seen him and his family was just before lockdown had started. Since living in Christchurch, I'd started going to their place every week for dinner. I really appreciated going round there. After finding out the news of my uncle's passing, Mum drove to our nearest town of Invercargill to do last-minute jobs before we left the farm. And she crashed. It was at a busy roundabout, one she'd never liked, she says now, but the car accident kind of sums up that week. Just chaos. 
The logistics of getting to our uncle's house were an absolute nightmare. It's seven hours by car from our farm to Christchurch, and with no flights, it was all just a bit too much for me. Craving a sense of normality, I decided to drive by myself to Dunedin to stay with friends. I sat in silence for the whole trip. When I arrived, my friends made me do 21 shots for my birthday that was coming up. And amongst all the chaos, I still wasn't getting out of 21st formalities. Looking back, I really appreciate them putting together an ordinary student night for me. My family collected me in Dunedin and we carried on to Christchurch. When we arrived, the 10-person inside a house rule was quickly forgotten about. COVID was out the window. That was like, <laughs> what is COVID? You know, that was funny. This is my like, younger cousin. You know, normally every day in lockdown, it was like, right, the one o'clock news, right? How many Ks a day? Oh, it's going down, it's going down. And those three or four days we were up there, what, what was COVID? There was no news thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's still going on. She was in her last year of high school and was carrying out her head girl duties on Zoom. Her family also had to drive seven hours to get to my uncle's house. Didn't really feel real until we walked in and it was like, boom, like this has actually happened to our family and it's not something that anyone wants to be in and it's not something that you'd ever think you'd be in, you know. It was, it was very, it was scary walking in, yeah. My sister, cousin and I quickly found ourselves on cup of tea duty. There was nothing else to do. With our whole family crammed into one house, we went through hundreds of tea bags. Not quite the lockdown reunion we'd imagined. People came and went with flowers and meals. I went to the bathroom and their bath was just overflowing with flowers because they just had nowhere else to put them. There was very, that, not that it wasn't real before, but that kind of gave us a shock, didn't it, that there's that many flowers sitting in a bathtub. And while no one knew what to say, we were all thinking the same thing. Why? Thank you, Dr Bloomfield. I do want to speak to some of the hardest parts of the alert level framework, and these parts have been difficult through the entirety of our response to COVID-19, um, but are particularly pronounced at alert level two, and they are namely um, funerals uh, and tangihanga. My family waited for a few days with their fingers crossed that funeral numbers would go up from 10. I'm pleased to announce that we have found a sensible solution that keeps people safe and allows more flexibility around funerals and tangihanga. Funeral directors can submit a form that registers for an exemption to allow up to 50 people to attend a funeral. Funerals are hard enough. Funerals when you're there because someone has taken their own life are even harder. Funerals where only 50 people are allowed, well that just sucks. Here's my sister Emma again. Walking in, did our COVID sign in. Unite Against COVID was all around us on bright yellow government regulation posters. Sat down in a chair a metre away from any other person and the hardest thing to see was our auntie and cousins having to sit down and not being able to sit beside each other at their own husband and dad's funerals. A little bit heartbreaking. My dad ran the funeral for my uncle. It was so strange to be in nice clothes spaced out with printed paper in our hands after being together as a family for the last few days. It felt silly, disjointed, like someone had herded us up and put us in a weird experiment. 
obviously funerals are hard knowing where to sit, but when your chairs are separated and you're not allowed to touch, it just, yeah. It sucked. But when Dad got up in front of 49 of us in a Zoom call linked to many more, he made us feel like a family again. As the funeral progressed, the chairs just got closer and closer to each other. I moved chairs because I couldn't not be with you. Dad joked that with only 50 people allowed, he had to run the funeral, or else he wouldn't have got in. I don't know how Dad did what he did, to be honest. I don't think anyone else could do that. He keeps saying things like the cousin we all didn't like was number 51 on the list. For some people, this humour might seem pretty dark, but honestly, it was the only way we got through it. I understand that many listening to this may have also lost loved ones during lockdown and might not have got a funeral at all. My heart goes out to you. Now this is the part where I need to tell you a little something about my uncle. I don't know why he took his own life. He worked in the hospitality sector and his funeral was held where he got his first job when he was 17. To have his funeral where he started his career was one of the only things that made any sense. My auntie gave me a folder the other day. In it were pages and pages of emails. In his role, my uncle worked with many different companies and services and he made many close contacts and friends. The emails came from wineries, hotels in the Pacific Islands, coffee suppliers, and even a man who had met my uncle years ago when he had tried to sell the company photocopiers. One email said, As we negotiate through the circumstances the world currently faces, we will eventually come out the other side. But we will be poorer for it, because we have lost him along the way. As I'm currently writing this, travel bubbles are open, and my family is going to Queenstown for a holiday. Kind of back to normal. But as the Prime Minister and Dr Ashley Bloomfield keep reminding us, life isn't the same. And new reality, post-COVID, is something we're all figuring out. And my uncle, he's not here. We still have to be prioritising looking after ourselves. You might remember Jackie Maguire. She was on our TV screens a lot during lockdown. We can't forget that our bodies aren't back to resting normal. They are still in some element of being turned on, being hypervigilant, because we could be put into change, uh, into lockdown, at the drop of a hat. She's a psychologist, and she's just released a new kids book. I wanted to talk to Jackie because I want to take responsibility around such a difficult subject. I want to do something constructive and give you listening something to take away from my family's story. One of the things I learned while speaking to Jackie was how we can treat others in this new normal. Be the nerdy scientist in the way you speak to people in terms of what's your life like now? Has it returned to normal post-COVID or is it still different? And I think holding awareness and openness to the fact that not everybody's life has returned to the norm is a very good start. My sister Emma and I often talk about what it would be like if we had to go back to lockdown. A lot of my friends say they'd love it. But for my uncle's family, I just can't even imagine. Now, my sister Emma and my younger cousin, who we heard from earlier, are both studying in Christchurch too. All three of us still go to my auntie and cousin's house every week for dinner. We sit at the table and navigate this long and confusing path together. Some days, we don't mention my uncle at all. We have a few beers, we chat and laugh, and it almost feels like he's just away for the week. Other days when we leave, 
My auntie hugs us for just that little bit longer. Tears in her eyes, gripping us tight. After leaving her house, I'll cry in the car on the way back to my flat. And I ring my parents and I cry even more. And I'll yell that life isn't fair and wonder why he did this to us. When I was talking to my cousin, she summed up how we all feel in words I couldn't even put together. What gets left behind is, is the hardest part to see. You know, people are still struggling and it's hard to see them still having to deal with that. And I think, you know, as much as we try, we're never going to get over it. Like, that's like a huge thing to happen in anyone's life, no matter whether you're, you know, the son, the brother, the cousin, the, you know, the niece, the nephew, whatever. Like, it's a friend. If you're listening to this and it resonates with you, please know it's okay. You're not the only one. Thankfully, no one that I know caught COVID-19. However, everyone closest to me is suffering. I've lost a father, husband, brother and uncle. No one in my family developed COVID-19 symptoms, but they do suffer from heartbreak, grief, anger and sadness. I must be honest with you, I've really struggled to make this podcast. There's been some days where I've questioned that only a year on, maybe it's too early. We as a family are still trying to figure out how to go about it. Do you still sing happy birthday? What do we do on the anniversary of the day he died? Do we use past or present tense when talking about him? But other days, I'm filled with motivation to be able to put together our story in the hope that maybe one person listening to this will take something good from it. That maybe you will hear what our family has gone through and what we'll have to go through for the rest of our lives and realise the importance of talking to one another and telling your friends and family you love them and to speak up and get help no matter what. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to share the show on your own social media channels. You can find the rest of Generation COVID series on the RNZ website, as well as heaps of other podcasts like Fragments, a six-part series about the Christchurch earthquakes. This podcast is produced and presented by me, Jessica Dermody. Justin Gregory is a series producer, and Tim Watkin is the executive producer for podcasts and series.